Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 10, 25. I'm kidding with you online. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I am totally kidding. Proverbs 10, verse 25. I hope you're having a good time tonight. You've got you to gotta laugh or cry sometimes. I choose to laugh. The title of the message tonight is, A Stone in a Storm. A stone in a storm. I can just see Brother Rick's blood pressure go up and his eye twitching when that happened. I tell you what, this is a, a fantastic verse tonight. I really enjoyed when I opened it up and I went to the next verse to see what I would be studying to expound tonight. And I read that verse and it struck a beautiful chord in my heart. And when I read it, uh, I, I'm in awe of the beauty and, and the comfort that this verse brings me. The words are as poetic as they are powerful. And this verse, I believe, is worthy of us committing to our memory because it's not only applicable for our particular day and time in general, but there's going to come times in our specific lives when we encounter situations. And the Holy Spirit can bring this verse to our memory and give us something stable to stand on and, uh, and, and set our minds at ease as we're, we're put back in that right frame of mind through the Scripture. Tonight, Solomon again compares the righteous and the wicked. He does a lot of these comparisons. And if you've taken the Genesis to Jesus class, then you may know the righteous and the wicked in a, in a more familiar uh, term as like the serpent seed and the woman seed, or the way of Cain, the way of Abel. Um, those who trust in their God and those who rebel against Him. Those are the two groups of people that exist in this world. Some are more obvious to point out than the others, you know, to pick out. Others, they're a little more subtle, and you won't know until the day of judgment, perhaps. But uh, these two groups are at odds with each other. They've been at odds with each other uh, from the beginning, and they've occupied the earth together in every generation, the righteous and the wicked. And they'll continue to occupy the earth together. Remember the parable that Jesus gave of the tares and the wheat? That was speaking of the righteous and the wicked. And what did the, the, the owner of the, the field say? Let them both grow together until harvest time. That's what happens now. The righteous and the wicked continue to grow together until harvest time. When you say, when we, we think about them growing together, it means their time. They, they, they sprouted in the beginning. As history continues to pass, as time continues to pass, not the individual seed or the individual grain, but the, the righteous and the wicked as a whole, it matures, that time matures. The Bible would call uh, one of them the fullness of the Gentiles. Okay, It's speaking of that maturity of time. And then when the time, that season comes... When it's time for God to judge between the two, 
to bring one to a wonderful destination forever and the other to a terrible destination forever, uh, depending on his judgment and what category of people they fall into. But they're both going to continue to grow together uh, in, in, in the maturity of their particular class until the time of harvest. When Jesus came, the righteous people, the wheat, they wanted to follow him. The wicked people, the tares, they wanted to crucify him, stone him. Not long ago, we watched homeowners stand outside to defend their home after a mob of unruly people broke into their gated community. And, uh, and the, the mob was not prosecuted. The homeowners were. They weren't breaking into anyone's property. They weren't trespassing. They weren't scaring anybody, putting anyone in, in jeopardy of possibly losing their home or fear of it. But, but who prosecutes people like that? The wicked do. The wicked do. Not too long ago, we've, we've seen American citizens uh, prosecuted for, for refusing to, to, to serve homosexuals because it violates their uh, deeply held religious beliefs. And we've seen the government prosecute its citizens over that issue. We've seen them prosecuting them over uh, not making wedding cakes or not issuing marriage licenses and uh, them losing their, their jobs just because they stood on God's Word or they stood for law and order. Once again, that's the wicked persecuting the righteous. They've been doing it ever since Cain killed Abel. The wicked people are destructive people. They harm society. They harm individuals. They destroy themselves even. And because of that, because they're so cruel and they're so fierce, Solomon likens them tonight to a storm in Proverbs 10.25. He says uh, in verse 25, As the whirlwind passeth. The whirlwind. Boy, in East Texas, we might, or Kansas, they say, that's a twister, right? Back in the day. But, but he's calling a whirlwind here. Wicked people, Solomon said, are like a whirlwind. And a whirlwind is a hurricane-like storm. Yeah, if you're not near the ocean, it'd be a tornado. But that's the most powerful storm that we have, is one that, that gets into a cyclone, and, and gets that, that incredible uh, force of wind. It's very devastating. That's the type of storm that Solomon says the wicked are. Not a rain shower. Not a gentle, cool breeze on a summer's day. But a tempestuous whirlwind kind of storm. Hurricanes cause damage. Hurricanes wreak havoc. Hurricanes bring fear and death. And that's what the wicked do. Wicked, wicked people destroy societies. They destroy families. 
You watch what they're doing to families today. Never in my life when I was growing up would I have dreamt that the government would have taken a poor, innocent child and allowed two homosexual men to adopt that child and pretend like they're that baby's parents. Never in my life would I have dreamt that. But they destroy homes. They're destroying children. They're destroying the minds of, uh, of, of our society. They will destroy you if you stand in their way, if they get the chance. It's the wicked leaders in our land that are oppressing their citizens it's the wicked citizens who are breaking into houses, looting stores, lying, insulting, defrauding, and killing their fellow man. It's the wicked who are burning down churches. That's going on right now in different parts of the world. And persecuting Christians in different parts of the world. The wicked are like a hurricane. They're like a whirlwind. Hurricanes cause damage. They wreak havoc and bring fear and death. But take your pens now. Get ready for a blessing and underscore these three beautiful words. The whirlwind passeth. Isn't that good? The whirlwind passeth. If we stopped right there, that would be enough to say amen on, praise the Lord, go home, hide that in your heart, and say, all right. But the whirlwind Passeth, no matter how bad it is. I've seen a lot of storms. You guys here in Maybank, y'all have seen a lot of tornadoes come through. And no matter how bad that storm is, no matter how big it is, you can pull it up on the map. You can watch that radar come, and whoo, that's a big one. No matter how big and powerful that storm is, every storm passes. And as the whirlwind passes, the Bible says, look back in your text now, so is the wicked no more. So is the wicked no more. Sometimes when a, when a storm comes on, it, it covers the entire sky overhead. I mean, every now and then, you know, you can see the sun shining in one place and you can see, you know, rain in another place, but... But, but most of the time, and especially if it's a, a large storm, it covers the entire sky. You can't see anything but clouds. You can't feel anything but wind. You can't hear anything but thunder and rain or hail. And it blocks out any appearance of the sun. And, and when this happens, it looks like the storm's completely in control where you are. And you can see that storm coming on. You can feel that wind. You can hear that lightning coming on. And if everybody in the city of Maybank were to join hands together and get out in the edge of town and stand there to protest the storm, there's not a thing you can do about it. It's going to bulldoze right on through. And it won't care about your feelings at all. You get a big old hurricane come through. Man, we watched... I've seen some of the damage going there, working for the state, and man, it, it just rips uh, houses right from the neighborhoods, and there's nothing left, nothing left, but maybe a slab if they had one, or the little little stilts, little pieces of stilts 
left that the house was built on if they had that type of foundation. And it, it just wreaks havoc. And there's not a thing you can do about it. The only thing you can do when a storm like that comes is flee. And if you can't flee, the only thing you can do is try to find shelter and just watch the damage happen. Because you can't stop it. You can't stop it. But the next thing you know, the storm's no more. And in the same way, the wicked sometimes, they seem like they're in such control. It's like they've covered the sky. There's little hope of justice right now in our nation. I hear people saying, oh, well, they've discovered this or they've discovered that or they've got this or that going on. And you just think, man, I have no confidence in the judicial system at all anymore. I, they're not, you, you know if it's somebody, they're not going to prosecute them. If it's somebody else, you know they will. I mean, it's just obvious. It's in your face. And, uh, and, and you, you watch all of that happen, and you feel so helpless. You watch what they're doing to your nation, and, and it's, it's the same way as the storm. You just crawl inside your little Christian house, you take shelter in it, and all you can do is helplessly watch as they're destroying your land. As they're destroying the nation you grew up in. It's a, it's a really hard thing to watch, and we're watching that today. But once again, the wicked may seem like they're in complete control today. It may seem like there's nothing you can do but sit back and watch the damage as it happens. And for the most part, at this time, that's true. Growing up in the era I did in the United States, it's hard for me to watch the wicked spread across the sky. I can preach against wickedness. Don't dare comment against it on Facebook, man. You'll have everybody get on you. They'll think you're crazy. They'll call you bad names. They'll get angry at you. I can't stop the wickedness happening in our nation. Sadly, I've had to take shelter inside my Christian house for several years now and watch the damage occur. But the good news is, once again, one day these wicked people are going to pass away and be no more. The storm's going to be over. One day the sun's going to be shining. The birds are going to be singing praises to our God. And the eternal rainbow will be seen in the sky. And His name's Jesus. The time of the wicked is coming to an end. And the day of the Lord will soon come. One day there's going to be no place. The Bible says in that day, the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the water covers the seas. You put all that together, you know what that's saying? It's saying one day there'll be no place where God is not known. And there'll be no sign that the wicked were ever here. Can you imagine a day like that? That day is coming. As the whirlwind passes, so the wicked is no more. Look back in your text. But the righteous. Ah, here's the comparison. But the righteous. Now, the, the, the righteous, that's a whole different matter altogether. 
understand the righteous and the wicked, once again, they occupied this world at the same time. Let them both grow together. Now, what does that mean? Well, if the righteous and the wicked dwell together in this world, and the Bible says the wicked are the storm, that means the righteous dwell among the storm. You see? We dwell among the storm. Why is that so important? Well, there's nothing that would please the wicked more than to eradicate the righteous. Just like a whirlwind wipes houses off their foundations. I've never seen a house attack a whirlwind. I've never seen a house attack a tornado or a hurricane. I've seen always the hurricanes and the tornadoes attacking the homes, attacking the people. We're no threat to the world. If the world would leave the church alone, man, we'd be the greatest blessing this world's ever seen. Like Jesus, the righteous aren't here to condemn the world, but the world through the church might be saved through His ministry, through the preaching of the gospel. But we dwell among the wicked, which means we dwell among the storm. We live where the storm is at. The wicked are always trying to rid the world of us. And so wickedness is a storm to the righteous. It's a storm that we must endure. You have to understand, don't, don't fluff your nest up here on this earth and expect everything to be nice for you. It's not going to be. Since the wicked and the righteous dwell together, and since the Bible says that the wicked are like a whirlwind, we have to understand Christians do not live under sunny skies. They live under stormy skies. That's what we're called to face. That's what we're called to endure. That's the atmosphere we're called to be faithful to God in. But the storm will pass and the righteous will remain. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. The wicked pass like a whirlwind. The righteous remain like a rock. The wicked pass like a whirlwind. The righteous remain like a rock. Solomon said the wicked pass like a whirlwind, but the righteous, look back in your text, is an everlasting foundation. (coughs) Excuse me. Here's a note you can make tonight. Every believer, understand the comparison. The wicked are like a storm that passes... The righteous is an everlasting foundation. The wicked and the righteous dwell together. That means the righteous dwells in the storm until the storm passes. But they remain like a rock. They're an everlasting foundation. Put all that together and here is something you can put in your heart and bank on. And it said every believer has temporary trouble in everlasting life. Every believer has temporary trouble and everlasting life. We have temporary trouble because 
of the wicked world that we live in, we have everlasting life because of the everlasting foundation we're standing upon. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. <laughs> the eternal God is thy refuge. Now what do we do in the storm? We seek refuge. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Where are the everlasting arms? Underneath. What's underneath you? The foundation you're standing on. How beautiful the scriptures harmonize together. When you're here, you're, you're called to live, you're called to serve, you're called to, to, to be a witness for God, not under sunny skies, but under stormy skies. With the knowledge that the storm will eventually pass away, that you will remain, and that in the meantime, you have a refuge, and that is your eternal God. And underneath you, oh, above you, there's stormy skies. But underneath you, there's everlasting arms. And you stand on those everlasting arms, and they hold you up so that you shall not be moved. Everlasting arms. He says, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. Man, that's good. So what do we have? We have an eternal God that's a refuge in the middle of the storm. Underneath us, we have everlasting arms. You've heard that song, leaning, leaning, leaning on everlasting arms. That's where this comes from. And he that is our eternal God, who is our everlasting foundation beneath us, he shall thrust out the enemy from before us, which means the storm will pass. When the enemy is thrust out, the storm is gone. You know what's left after the storm? I have never yet seen a hurricane or a tornado wipe away a slab. Never. You see the splintered wood. You see the insulation. You see sheet metal. You may see bricks if it's a super big whirlwind. But man, you never see the concrete foundation pulled up and moved somewhere else. When the storm's gone, those everlasting arms are there. And those everlasting arms hang on to us. Why? Well, we're part of that foundation. We're part of that foundation. Where are those everlasting arms are underneath us? They're the foundation of Jesus Christ, our rock, that we've staked our hope upon. Having heard the gospel, what do we do when we hear the gospel? When we hear the gospel, here we are. We're raised up in this world. Man, the gospel's so simple. We're raised up in the world, and over here we realize, man, I'm on sinking sand. You ever watch those movies? You got somebody in quicksand? I thought there were quicksand everywhere when I was a kid because they had it in movies all the time. You grow up, you can't find it anywhere. But anyway, you're, you're, you're standing in sand. 
And it's going to wash away real easy. And you realize it's only a matter of time because of my sin that my foundation is going to be washed away by God's judgment. Only a matter of time. Because what did the Bible just say in Deuteronomy? He's going to drive the wicked out. In other words, the storm is going to face a bigger storm. And God's going to wipe them out. And so what happens is you realize my time is coming up. The foundation I'm standing on, which is my, my righteousness, which is as filthy rags, uh, my, my guilt and everything, it's a foundation that's surely going to be swept away and blown away by the wrath of God. I cannot last like this. Then you hear the good news of what Jesus did for you. You hear that He became righteousness for you. He obeyed the law on your behalf. He took your guilt and died in your place. And so what happens? You realize there's another foundation laid for me. The Bible says there's no other foundation that can be laid except for Jesus Christ. The foundation we're reading about in Proverbs is Jesus. The foundation, the everlasting arms we're reading about in Deuteronomy, that's Jesus. There's no other foundation that can be laid. And we hear the news of the gospel and we realize, man, when that judgment day comes, I don't want to be on this foundation. And so we make the choice to abandon the foundation we were born into, our own righteousness, our sin, our guilt, our inheritance in Adam. And we come over and we choose to stand on the foundation of the gospel. It, we're placing our hope on it. By standing on it, we're, we're trusting that that foundation is going to last. That this is going to be swept away. But what Jesus did, it's not going anywhere. God's storm will never blow it away. And since I'm standing on it, it won't blow me away. Nobody standing on the foundation of the gospel is going to get blown away by the storm of God's judgment. Not going to happen. <laughs> If you have an everlasting foundation, you've got an everlasting life. You've got everlasting people. That's how it works. You've got everlasting arms. And everyone that goes and stands on the everlasting arms that built that foundation, they have everlasting life. They shall not perish like that on that foundation. They'll have everlasting life. It's a very beautiful thing. That's how come the wicked, I'm sorry, the righteous are an everlasting foundation. So we not only rest upon the everlasting foundation, but since we believe in Christ, we become His bride. Therefore, we're members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones, which means His arms are our arms. We're part of His body. The everlasting arms belong to us. We're one and the same with Jesus, our head. And that means we're not only on the foundation, but we are the foundation. The righteous are. The righteous is an everlasting foundation. The wicked are the storm that passes. And we are the rock that remains forever long after the storm is gone. And we'll close with this verse tonight. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 and 25 puts a nice 
neat bow on the biblical package. Matthew 7, verse 24 and 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, Jesus said, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came. They come all right, don't they? But what happens to the rains and the flood? It's going to pass. And the winds blew and beat upon that house. Why? Because you've got the righteous and the wicked, and one's always against the other. Our house gets beat upon, but what does he say? And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. People, I have people all the time. I have people all the time say, Brother Richard, I don't know if I'm really trusting in Jesus. I don't know if I'm really believing in Jesus. I'm not sure I know how to. Someone told me this week, I'm not sure I know how to trust in Jesus. Y'all look at me. Look at me standing here in this spot. It was founded upon a rock. That's how come the house stood. Now look here. Let's say that I'm on a rock right here. Let's say I've got really poor posture. I'm still on the rock. Let's say I'm sick. I don't feel so good. I'm still on the rock. Let's say I lean one side this way and I'm doing like this. Where am I? I'm on the rock. If you're on the rock, you're on the rock, you're on the rock. It's not how you're on, it's where you're on. You see? It's not how you stand, it's where you're standing. Or where you're sitting. Or where you're lying down. They brought a man paralyzed to Jesus. He was on his bed. I didn't keep Jesus from saving him. As long as you're on that rock, as long as you've staked your hope, your soul's eternity, upon what Jesus has done, you're on an everlasting gospel. You've got an everlasting life. Father, we thank you so much tonight. The wicked are here. The tares are growing up with the wheat. And Lord, they're choking our space. And they're grievous to us. And we're watching them proliferate your field. And like weeds do, they grow awful fast. But Lord, very soon, there'll be no more. But the righteous will remain forever. Because we've chosen, dear Lord God, to not build our hopes and dreams upon the foundation of Adam. To not follow the way of Cain. But to place our hope on the Lamb who died for us. And to wait for His kingdom to come and rid every tear from the earth you created 
and you make all things new. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful promise that the storm does pass, but the righteous remain forever. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.